Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, guys? Don't forget to sub to Patreon so that you can see the visuals. Because not only do we have episodes of the podcast, we have exclusive content that nobody else sees on any other apps, behind the scenes, photo shoots, and we're dropping a whole bunch of surprising stuff this year. So if you guys don't want to miss out and you want to be the first to know, go over to our Patreon, www.dumblondunrated.com. Love ya. Is this thing on? All right, gentlemen, coming to main stage next, this is Bunny. Get up there. She's got a tornado of titties coming your way. Get those dollar bills ready. She's got an ass that shakes like Michael J. Fox. So get up there and throw, throw, throw them dollars. Dude, that is fucking iconic. <laughs> What's up, you sexy motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of Dumb Blonde. Today we have a social media and reality TV star. <laughs> How's that for an intro? That's an intro. That's an intro. <laughs> Kale Lowry. How yeah. you doing, baby? I'm good. How are you? Dude, I'm good. Yeah. So she walked in. She's wearing a Metallica shirt. And for those of you who can't see, I'm wearing a Metallica shirt myself also. <laughs> so out. I was like, as soon as she walked in, I was like, fucking soul, soul sister. Sisters. Yes. I was like, yeah. So I love it. What are you doing out here? Um, so I have three podcasts and we did. Co- Hold on. Stop right there. <laughs> are you a psychopath? Yeah. Okay. Three yeah. fucking podcasts. Yeah. Like I have one and it. I'm tired of it. Yeah. Like literally, I don't know how you're doing three. They're so different that I feel like I have like. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to just how to describe it. So one of my podcast co-hosts lives in Atlanta. So we met in Nashville for content. Mm. Um, and it's hard because my co-hosts aren't they're all over. I have one in Delaware, one by myself and then one with one in Atlanta. Right. So it's just a mess. I don't know how you keep up with all the content because I'm working my ass off and I couldn't imagine having to put out three podcasts, all the social media content you do, mm-hmm. being a mom, mm-hmm. fucking, I mean, ta- <laughs> like, how do you do this? Kristen. <laughs> Is that your assistant? assistant? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does she run your socials or do you pretty much tell her what to put? We do. And- we, t- it's kind of, we tag team. Like yeah. if I can't get to it or she knows that I have an appointment or I'm doing something else, she'll post. But um, like she doesn't read my DMs or anything. Right. Like I'll do that. Yeah, no, it's definitely, I know I run all my shit too and Mimi helps me with mine and Mm -hmm. there's some days that I'm just like, I don't want to fucking post. Yeah, no, that's me right now. I'm like, can you just do my stories? Because I don't want to do them. Like, I just don't feel like it. (laughs) You just, let's, let's touch on that really quick because you just got back from Thailand, right? I saw that trip. It looked amazing. I love that you have been so open with your mental, mental illness battle because I'm very open about it too. Like It's so hard. Talk to me about it. So last year, I around, I would say around this time, maybe March, I I just broke down. I was super suicidal. And between mm. Kristen and one of my other girlfriends, they were like, we have to get you into the doctor. Like, this this can't go any further. And um, we made an appointment. Um, my girlfriend, Natalie, came with me. And they put me on antidepressants. And they were like, you got to try this. Um, and I, you know, when the first one didn't work, I had to be open for the next one. And it's been really hard because I never thought that it would get to a point where it would be unmanageable. Because mm. I was kind of just handling it myself and, like, going through the ebbs and flows with it. Right. Um, and then once... I got on a medication. I'm on Lexapro now and it started working. I just felt like myself again. And it was yeah. so crazy because I never thought that I would feel like myself again. I completely 100% relate to that. I went sober in 2017 off pills, sober off alcohol in 2018. Oh, wow. Had my first bout of suicidal depression in 2020. Ugh. And when you, I say that you feel like your soul is tired. Yeah. Like you don't want to be here anymore. It's a, it's a tired that sleep can't fix. Right? At all. Like, yeah. And it's a scary tire. It's so scary because, you know, before I went through it, I was just kind of like, 
I guess I looked at, um, you know, suicide and things like that. Like it, I, I couldn't understand it. Me either. Right? I like never I understood like, depression. Yes. And it didn't make sense to me. So when I finally went through it and then I came out of it, I was like, wow, that is a different type of tired. No. Um, and you can't you can't fix it by yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it might have been postpartum for you? I that do brought think it so. On? Yeah. Because um, my fourth pregnancy with, you know, an ex of mine was very, very traumatic. And the pregnancy alone wasn't planned and it was just a lot and I think that was like the onset of it so then when after I had him I think the postpartum kind of went untreated for some time mm. and developed into some other things so mm. it was really difficult but I'm, I'm happy that I was able to make it through I love that so yeah. when you were going out to Thailand you look like you were just living your best life yeah yeah. How, how was that? Because I've so, always wanted to go to Thailand. First of all, you have to go. Okay. You have to go. If if you if it's on your bucket list, go. Yeah. Um, I canceled the trip that I was supposed to go on the year prior because of depression. Aww. So when I finally got there, the entire time I just kept saying, "I can't believe I'm here. Like I cannot believe I was here." Um, and it was the most. Inc- I did so much. On, I think every single day I had multiple excursions because I was like, "I need to make the best of this trip. Like I have to do this." Yeah. Um, and it was really cool. And I took I took Natalie with me, and um, she's also my nanny for my kids. So we don't get to do trips together or anything. And it was nice to have her. You know, we had a trip together without the kids. Yeah. So. No, I I mean you've got four. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure that was much needed. much needed. Yeah. Um I I love that you say that you can't I I don't love it, but you saying that you canceled a trip because of depression. Mm-hmm. Like I think people need to hear that because I literally live my life around my anxiety. Like even sitting right here I'm like having trouble breathing. Like you know, people yeah. don't realize when you're battling mental illness it is a battle every single day to even get out of bed to work to do your makeup Mm -hmm. to like do anything so I think when people get to see women like you who are so strong so resilient been through so much shit be able to say hey you know what I canceled a trip this year but I went the next year and be able to see that like Mm -hmm. I think that's what women need as role models nowadays especially you know I canceled it literally the day before I was supposed to leave that's that's and something it, I would do. Was, <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I try to cancel podcasts all the time. Right. And he's like, "No, you're not doing it." And it was it wasn't because I didn't want to go. It was it was the depression, right? Because I I'm obsessed with travel. Like that's like my thing, and people know me for traveling, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't. I was like, "This I I cannot go. I cannot physically pack my bag and get on a plane and go. I just wasn't into it." Mm. So. I love it. But we made it happen. I love that you were able to go and get through that. It was good. So let's rewind it back. Um, Speaking of trauma, let's talk about your relationship with your mom. Mm -hmm. I think I saw some things online that you guys just really, there was a lot of similarities between my mom and your mom that just kind of triggered me a little bit. Like, can Mm -hmm. we talk about it? Yeah. Um, I haven't talked to my mom in years. I haven't seen her since 2016. Mm. Um, I don't know where she lives. I don't know what she does. I don't know anything. So, and I, she doesn't know where I am. I don't think. Was she, when you were a child growing up, like what was your guys' relationship like? Um, I didn't always live with her. I kind of bounced around a lot. I was with like family members, my grandparents, friends. Um, and she, she's really struggled with addiction my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those things where as a child, I longed for my mom. I wanted my mom to be there. I wanted her to be sober. I wanted her to be present, but she, she couldn't. Yeah. So um, when I got pregnant at 16, 17 with Isaac, um, that was kind of her out. And she was like, you know, I'm wiping my hands clean of this. And, you know, she never really was trying to be a mother to me mm-hmm. ever again. Where was dad? I met him on 16 and pregnant okay. in 2010. Okay. So I, that was the first and only time I ever met him. Wow. And he never came back around. No, after that. I mean, he actually emailed me while I was in Thailand <laughs> and said, happy <laughs> birthday. And I, I opened it and I was like, what in the fuck is this? <laughs> You're like, surprise, um, shorty. Yeah. <laughs> it's dad. <laughs> He's like, love you, dad. And I was like, you're not my dad. I don't know you. Yeah. Like, I have no idea who you are. So who, growing up, who was like your parental figure? Who did you look up to? There was so much. Like, I I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, as they get older, they couldn't keep up as much so Mm -hmm. I really bounced around with friends like their their families took me in um and I spent a lot of time with friends and and my mom would drop me off and leave me for days weeks on end and never even so much as call um and now I look at it back and I'm just kind of like she she couldn't where before I would be mad you know I would be really upset and not understand but as an adult I mean she's just battling her own stuff and she just never got it together Mm -hmm. I hate that yeah that's terrible yeah 
So growing up, you had, you know, you were at multiple family houses, mm-hmm. you know, you were back and forth. How were you doing in school? Like, were you always a studious, you know, kid <laughs> or were you like more of just like rebellious, like, fuck this, I'm just going to do my a little thing. bit of both. Yeah. So there was a little like I remember specifically in fourth grade, like being at school was what I looked forward to because it was kind of taking me out of being at home Mm. um and I really fourth grade I was like I'm getting this perfect attendance award like I have to do this um but then as I got older I started to rebel a lot you know I got kicked out of high school so I had to go to another school um my foster family at that point was like were you doing drugs and drinking I smoked a lot of weed but I never drank because that was my mom's like first Mm. out like alcohol was her drug of choice and then she dabbled in other things so I I have always really stayed away from alcohol when okay so you were on teen mom mm-hmm. when you were 16 yeah how did that come about i just want to touch base on it i yeah, kind of yeah. want people to know your story but that's such a big part of your mm-hmm. story you know yeah so whenever i was pregnant with my oldest son i saw the first season of 16 and pregnant on mtv mm-hmm. And at the time I was living in this like two bedroom apartment with my mom in the middle of Pennsylvania. (laughs) And um, I went on MTV.com and it was like casting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this is weird. So I just clicked on it and I put in my story that like my mom's never around and I'm pregnant and I'm (laughs) here. Um, They called me about two weeks later and they picked me. And I was just like, I didn't really say anything. So like, what is the basis? But I guess they were interested. So it was like divine intervention. Yeah. Literally. So weird. The childhood that you had led you on this path of just like beginning your entire journey in front of the world. Yeah. Like that's fucking crazy. So take me. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, just to think about signing these contracts when I was 17 years old. Right. With no parental guidance. No parental guidance. No lawyers. I think, like, sane people would have lawyers look over their contracts. How did, how was that approved by MTV if? They just said if my mom, if my mom signed off for me, it was fine. Wow. And so my mom signed off on that and was like, I'm also done with custody and signed it off. To who? To my boyfriend's parents. Okay, gotcha. So then yep. I moved in with them full time. Right. And then his mom was kind of crazy, right? Well, or she that, was that that way. Okay. So you're, you moved in with Joe's parents. Yeah. And they okay. were like sane and like normal. Right. And, and then Javi's mom is the crazy one. Somebody's mom is crazy. Who's my mom's crazy. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's mom Somebody's was crazy. crazy. Like I said, I didn't follow the, yeah, yeah. Um, the teen mom yeah, thing. Like that was never my jam, but I do know I did watch like the first, I think one or two seasons. Mm-hmm. I think after you and Javi, I, yeah, yeah. I kind of like fell off. I, yeah. I just was out running the streets doing drugs um but yeah <laughs> so yeah exactly just doing drugs um so you are 17 mm-hmm. your mom signs off on custody of yeah. you you're pregnant you're mm-hmm. living with your boyfriend take me on this journey yeah so I I just didn't I didn't know what I was gonna do right so um this at this time I switched high schools I got kicked out of the first one I went to the second one and thankfully because of their credit system the second high school that I went to, I needed less credits to graduate. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to graduate in January of my of my senior year. So I was also due in February. So Aww. it worked out perfectly. And then I got to walk with my class in June. At that time, pri- like right up to leading up to my pregnancy, I was doing really well. Like that switch of high schools really turned my life around. And I mean, aside from having sex, (laughs) um, I played lacrosse. I was getting good grades. And, you know, I was really starting to be on the right track. And then, you know, I I think it was more so me wanting to seek attention from men. Right. You You were trying to find love from the people that never showed you love. Because Joe's mom did not want us together. He wanted him to, you know, focus on school, maybe go to college, do those things. And so he she really didn't want us together. But Joe always reminded me of an old man, even (laughs) even young. He was like a grumpy old man. You know, am I wrong? No, like literally not. Like he just I remember him always just being grumpy about something or looking grumpy. (laughs) The look. Yeah, Yeah, the look. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So you have your first baby. Your Mm -hmm. mom's not there. Yeah, she did. She didn't show up. She came to the birth. Okay, she did come to the birth because um, I went into labor and nobody was around. They were all working in another state. And so I was by myself. I called her. She did come. Um, And then after the birth, I don't really remember her coming around too much Mm -hmm. until Joe and I broke up. And I had nowhere to go. How did you figure out how to be a mom? Did it just kick in? No, I think I went through some shit then too, because I remember sleeping on like the nursery floor and Joe's dad came in and was like, you have to leave this room. 
Like you need to get up, take a shower and leave this room. But I just like was struggling. Yeah. You know, depression. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know for sure because I never got treatment back then. Well, you were a baby too. So you didn't know what to look for. I don't even know if I had health insurance. Like I don't even know. (laughs) She's like, I'm just having kids. I was just having babies. (laughs) That's so, isn't it crazy that we can go through like traumatic ass shit and as kids and we're just like, I don't know how I got through it, but I fucking I have no did idea. It. Like it's like clue. we're wired to survive. Yeah, the human body is just wired to go. Well, it's like surviving off of you, you survive through survival, or you survive off love. And right. I think you and I come from just surviving. Oh yeah, absolutely, pure sure. survival. No, let, I'm I am a fighter mm-hmm. by nature. So mm-hmm. just everything I've been through, I automatically just want to fight. Right. And I have an Aries moon, so I'm really <laughs> fucking toxic. <laughs> I have a Leo moon, so I'm also toxic. I love that. When is your birthday? March 14th. Okay, so you're Pisces with a Leo moon? Ooh, Mm -hmm. spicy. Yeah. That's crazy because water puts the fire out. So you're probably constantly at war with yourself. Always at war with myself all day long. God, that's brutal. It's horrible. I want want to hug you. (laughs) (laughs) It's brutal, baby. So moving on, you have your baby. You're living Mm -hmm. with Joe. Mm -hmm. You're on this fucking show. What is it like doing this in front of millions of people? Did you think that all this shit was going to come with it? Absolutely all the people I mean you guys have some crazy fucking haters oh my god they're, I had they're Jan- cult-like haters I had Janelle on the podcast oh did you years ago like okay three or four years ago and I'm telling you the backlash I got it was fucking nuts but I, I didn't care because I mean everybody has a story right and they deserve to tell their story right. but you guys have like this cult crazed demonic fan base yeah like they love the shit out of you or, or they, they hate the hate shit yeah. yeah like it's and and it's weird to me because at the time that you guys are on the show, you guys are babies, mm-hmm. kids. But they're judging the fuck out of us. I remember one time I was warming up. It was my transition between breastfeeding and formula feeding. Mm-hmm. And I remember there's like a scene of me heating it up in the microwave. I got attacked like I was the world's worst person because I put it in. The, I didn't know any better. I was just doing the best I fucking could. I had no fucking clue what I was doing. Yeah, Nobody was helping no me. No guidance. Nobody told me. I mean, not, I love Joe's parents to death, but they didn't tell me you can't put formula in the microwave. I, I had didn't no know you clue. couldn't put formula in the I microwave. I didn't know. I just learned that right now. <laughs> I had no idea. No fucking idea. So what do you want me to do? And these people are attacking me online. But, you know, the thing that sold me for, you know, teen mom from 16 and pregnant was the paycheck. Right. Um, we, we made $5,000 off of one episode of 16 and Pregnant, and that was it. $5,000. Wow. And that's before taxes. Wow. So we exploited our entire life during this teen pregnancy for $5,000. very crucial yes. moments of mm-hmm. your life. I bought a piece of junk car just to be able to get around. I worked two jobs. I went to school. And nobody looked at that. It was just the fact that I heated up the fucking formula and may or may not have eventually cheated on whoever at the time. You know what I mean? So those were, you're a horrible person and you belong in hell. I, I just, pe- I can't with the internet, but <laughs> I, I love that you brought up the fact of cheating. Um, Cause I do see a pattern like when you're in relationships and it's almost like you self-sabotage. Oh, hundred percent. You feel like you oh, do yeah. that. Yes. Do you think that is because of how you you know, your upbringing and the trauma yeah. from your mom and your dad. So it's like, I'm going to hurt you before you can hurt me. Absolutely. Cause I was always yep. the cheater too. Yeah. I mean, I've been <laughs> cheated on. Don't oh, get me, me too. Wrong. I, well, my thing is, is I push men until they cheat on me and then I'm like, Oh, I'm out of here. Right. You know, like, Oh, Oh, how dare you? Yeah, even though I fucking drove you to this. Yes, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm there. I didn't cheat on Joe. I mean, oh, I'm lying. I did cheat on Joe. I definitely <laughs> cheated on Joe. Um, wait, was it Joe? No, Jordan. I cheated on Jordan. I cheated on Jordan. I didn't cheat on Joe. Right. Um, but I got a lot of shit. I get a lot of shit because I do cheat, but I, or I have cheated, but I also leave if I'm not satisfied or happy and I think that people don't like that right people don't like that I leave I'm not going to stay somewhere that I'm not happy right and so it does kind of look like you shouldn't right and so it does kind of look like a revolving door of men but also I know when and when not to introduce them to my kids I know you know and there's people who date all the time and they don't get shit for it well, has anybody ever stopped to think that maybe you, and this is just me observing, you are attracted to a certain type of man. So you're repeating cycles oh, yeah. with each relationship that you get into mm-hmm. and, you know, until you're old enough to really start healing and understanding the healing journey, absolutely, you're never going to be able to fix behaviors that you, you know, you're never going to be able to unlearn behaviors Mm -hmm. that you learned as a child until you actually go down that road. Right. You know, so you're getting into these relationships and it's the same dude, but a different body. And you're literally just repeating a cycle. 100%. People don't look at it like that. They don't. 
you know, they, and I think they also are missing the childhood part because MTV never focused on that aspect. Right. And that's really hard because in order for you to understand someone's actions today, you do kind of have to look to their past to a certain degree. I mean, you can't use that as an excuse forever. Ever. Like I wouldn't use it as an excuse now. Right. But when I'm 17, 18, 19, of course, my childhood Absolutely. influenced that. Yeah, for sure. One hundred percent. So. Moving on from Joe, you mm-hmm. meet, you have uh, Lincoln or Jordan. I did. I dated Jordan after Joe. Joe's your first baby daddy, yes. though, right? Okay. I didn't have any kids with Jordan, but that was like a big story. Gotcha. Um, and then I had Javi, which we got married. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So you had Lincoln with Joe. Right. I had Isaac with Isaac Joe. with Joe. Lincoln with Javi. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna get <laughs> the kids. kids. I'm gonna get the kids down. I promise, guys. <laughs> All right. So you had Isaac with Joe, yeah. and then you dated Jordan. Uh-huh. And why was that? Why do you think that was such a big scandal for you? Because I so Jordan. I cheated on Jordan with Joe. Okay. Um, Jordan caught us like literally in the act. And then nice. Yeah. So like literally just getting banged out. Yeah, in the shower. Oh so- no! <laughs> oh, and there wasn't a crime of passion. So good lord, but woman. that was while the ca- it was such a big scandal because it was while the cameras were not rolling. Oh god. Gotcha. So then Jordan takes me back. He's over it. We move on. We're doing great. And now the cameras are like, but now we need to reenact this. Oh. So now you need to retell him on camera that you cheated on him. Right. So when I did that, it was kind of like, yeah, I cheated on you. What's up? Right. Because you guys had already gone through all the emotions. Right. And so people lost their fucking minds and didn't realize that that was like a reenactment. And so. And you um, can't say it. No, I couldn't. Now that I'm not under contract, I can say whatever I want. Um, And so Jordan actually got re-upset and it was like this whole thing. I think we ended up being together maybe for like. Jordan got re-upset? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Even though he knew it was like acting? Oh, yeah. He lost it again as if it just happened. Okay. And I was like. Is this he a Pisces? Is not, he is. Uh, I, how did I know? Yeah. I was like, he's got to be a water yes, sign. <laughs> March 18th. So then um, we ended up staying together for maybe like another eight months or so. Um, and then when we were kind of on that, um, you know, when you like break up, but you're kind of talking, but you're kind of not talking, yeah. but it's just like that weird lingering. Yes, mm. it was that. But I met Javi. Oh, so I loved Javi. He was a sweet little nugget. No, <laughs> she's like, mm mm. I mean, I could see why you think that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So I meet Javi. We mm-hmm. get married um, very quickly, get married and pregnant. Mm-hmm. So then I'm pregnant at the You're wedding. You're fertile Myrtle. Which is weird because I also have PCOS. Yeah, we'll talk about that. That's in yeah, my yeah. notes, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When so, did yeah. you find out you had PCOS? Two years ago. Okay, years so we'll ago. get to that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you married Javi. You got mm-hmm. pregnant right away. Yeah, I'm pregnant at the wedding. Um and it was okay for a little while, I think, but also we were so young. Yeah. I was, I think I, w- I wasn't even legal to drink at my wedding. Mm-mm. So I don't think that we really had any business getting married that young. I just see you searching for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. As cliche as that sounds. No, like, but literally. Literally just see, because you're, you're a Pisces, so you're already just a lover. I'm a mm-hmm. Pisces Venus. I'm yeah. very passionate. I love love. I love like that exciting, chaotic feeling, you mm-hmm. know? So I just see you like bouncing from, you know, person to person to just fill a void yeah and that's hard because I think he was also doing the same to some degree Mm -hmm. um but I I'm very damaged right it's really (laughs) hard for him when his parents are still together he kind of has an intact family and now you're going to try to be with someone who you know has never had that right right it's like what is that song that Lindsay played yesterday Broken Broken Homes by Raylin or Broken One by Raylin. Oh, and she Raylin. talks about like um, her being broken and being with someone who who's not broken and mm-hmm. how hard that can be. Like, mm-hmm. that's a real thing. Well, it's easier to pull somebody down than it is to pull somebody up. This is true. You know, yeah. so and I've, I learned that because I was always super fucking toxic in relationships. It took Same. my husband being my twin flame for me to want to completely change everything around. Um, well, that's we'll talk about that on your podcast. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um. So Javi and you get married. You guys have the baby. Take me on this journey. Yeah. So we have Lincoln um, and, you know, things were OK. He he was he didn't treat me so well while I was pregnant. And that was really hard for me. What did he do? Um, it just was kind of like. 
more so like I was on my own with the pregnancy, oh, like didn't help no me support. with like cravings or like he wasn't like the loving husband that you would anticipate when you're pregnant. Gotcha, you know what I mean? It was yeah. more like I was a single mom while I was pregnant. And he has addressed that. Like he has apologized and things mm-hmm. like that. But um, he was a little helpful, you know, when linking first came, he would let me sleep in on the weekend so that I could, you know, just catch up on whatever. Um, but then he gets deployed um, and I I'm going to college to get my bachelor's degree he gets deployed and we're, I love that you're still staying in school oh yeah and I like had you're to. just always on to. track working towards a goal because I knew the show wasn't going to go on forever mm-hmm. you know and but I to didn't be so young and already thinking that yeah, well, and knowing that's that? the one thing that my mom taught me was no matter how fucked up she was mm-hmm. she always worked yeah and I mean she was a functioning addict, addict. So I always like she would go to work fucked up, but she was going to work. Right. You know what I mean? So like I saw that growing up. Um, And so I was like, the show's not going to last forever. I can't be working at fucking Sports Authority and the restaurant for my entire life. Like this is not going to get me by. Mm. So um, I start going back to school and I I realize, wow, like there's so many other people out here. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many people and he gets deployed. He has whatever he's going on over there I had actually filed for divorce right before he left because he we were fighting we were going at it right and he nobody was cheating nobody was cheating at the time um and I truly don't even think that we were cheating once I filed for divorce because even once I filed and we were kind of going back and forth with like are we gonna make this work are we not it's like I did file right you know what I mean so I think that was like the big scandal was like he tried to play this whole victim thing where I cheated but you had something going on over there, right. you know? So, yeah. um, well, men always try to deflect. Oh, absolutely. Well, and it two. came out in a lie detector test on marriage boot camp. Wow. So that was kind of like, why would you sit here after everything that I've been through and put it on me when mm-hmm. this time I really didn't do shit. And you know, we, we were doing the same thing and I had filed. So it wasn't, it canceled yeah. each other out. It you takes know? two to tango. Absolutely. Yeah. But we went back back and forth for probably a year and then when we got back from marriage boot camp in 2016, we had the divorce decree in the mail. So you are how old at this time? 24. 24, mm-hmm. two babies, mm-hmm. one divorce, mm-hmm. two baby daddies. Mm-hmm. What you doing, Kale? What's next? <laughs> <laughs> I got, I actually ended up, I believe we, I got pregnant with, with, Lux before my divorce was finalized mm-hmm. um and he ha- Javi had to sign a, a a paper saying that he was not the father because we hadn't been divorced for 365 days wow when I got pregnant is this a law yeah wow. in Delaware like it had he had to sign off because we were still legally married even though we had filed for divorce and it was like under the separation mm-hmm. um and so then I was with Chris and that was by far my most tumultuous and toxic relationship was it domestic violence? Absolutely. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. Can you take me on that journey? So you're already pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got the two babies. Yep. Do you have full custody of them? Um, in Delaware, it's 50-50 automatic. Okay. Gotcha. So I have 50-50, I think, with, with Lincoln. But I think Joe might have still... I don't think we were 50-50 yet, but that's what we were working on. Right. Um, well, have they so, always stepped up, Joe and Javi? Yeah, okay. always. They've always been... Um, like when Joe, when we were both in Pennsylvania, he paid child support. He did what he had to do. Same for Javi right yeah, off the bat. Good. Um, so when I meet Chris, it was a very different story. It started off very toxic. And um, when you say started off very toxic, what do you mean? So I would say about six months in, I had already had a miscarriage with him. Oh. And at that point, I knew I had found out that he had two other girlfriends, oh. full time girlfriends. These are not side chicks. Like we were not side chicks. All three of us were the main fucking. Is chick. he a pimp? I don't know what the fuck he is, <laughs> is, he getting, but he, is he, getting he got money? a hammer and that's what that's, that's what's happening right <laughs> is there. Is he getting money from the hose? That's exactly where my fucking brain goes. I'm such a Vegas chick. I'm like, is he pimping? Um, okay. So he's got that sledgehammer. Oh yeah. So <laughs> do he, you want a drink by the way? I'm oh, no, sorry. No, I'm we didn't, I have some water. We didn't even you. offer you anything you're when fine. you walked in. No, you're good. <laughs> We're just sit down and dry talk. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, um, I'm, I already have a miscarriage and I am, learning that he has two other girlfriends and I find out while I'm pregnant with Lux my son did they know about you no none of us knew about each other okay 
the way that it was described to me was that these are his exes. And so we were kind of like an open book about it. And I'm believing that these are his exes. Mm. But lo and behold, the entire time he is in an active relationship with them. Wow. How do men find the time? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's honestly, a lot. you're not you're not that special. either. <laughs> so like, I but I mean, like, was he living with you full time? Yes. OK, so how was he having relationships? I don't know. And I, I think it started because of. When we first started, I was going through the divorce, mm-hmm. right? So he was kind of breadcrumbing me. And I think that was a sign that I initially missed. Mm-hmm. So looking back, I'm like, okay, he would like uh, essentially love bomb me for three days and then disappear for a week mm-hmm. and then come back. And you know what I mean? Things yep. like that. Yep, yep, yep. So I was just like, what in the fuck? So we go on a trip to Denver. He wanted to go to Denver. He wanted to do the weed thing, whatever. So it's me, him and his best friend. We go to Denver. And he gets so smacked that I'm like, let me, I'm going to go through his phone. His phone is going off, steady going off. I'm, I'm sleeping on the bed and his phone's going off. I pick it up and it's one of the girlfriends. Mm. So I go through the rest of it. He's got naked pictures, videos of them doing things, all kinds of shit. So I go out to dinner with my girlfriends and I'm like, what do I do? Wait a second. So you're laying in bed next to him looking at this. Yeah. And I'm raging. just plotting. Yeah, I'm just like, what am How I? did you not say anything? No, I, I would have been like, whack. <laughs> so wait. <laughs> Wake up. We got some shit to talk yeah. about. So I go to dinner with my girlfriends who live in Denver. And I, I'm like, what do I do? Like, I don't know. I don't want to like overreact or underreact. Like, I don't know. And I, they don't know I'm pregnant. So I have to tell them I'm pregnant. And oh my I'm just like, what the fuck? So I leave the dinner. One of my girlfriends is waiting outside because she's like, I don't know what's going to happen. So let me just like you tell me the okay to go and I'll go. And I throw the phone at him and I'm like, what is this? And all hell, all hell breaks loose. Um, And that's when I put them in a group chat and I was like, hey, we're all fucking the same man. (laughs) And then they're calling him. They're texting him. Everything is blowing up. Um, This is where I get really toxic. Mm -hmm. I take his wallet and he can't find it and he has to go to the airport by himself and he can't do anything with it and i hide the wallet and you have to go to the airport and figure it out i don't think that's toxic i think that's karma <laughs> i like i'm so you're talking to the barking up the wrong tree over here i'd have done way worse i've done way worse than that actually yeah so I took you the are very composed and his friend doesn't leave me his friend stays in the room and we catch our actual flight while Chris goes to the airport and tries to, I don't know if he slept there. Like, I don't know what he did. She's like, I don't give a fuck. I had no clue. Um, I don't even remember seeing him in the airport the next morning, but we get home and we don't talk until that was in December. We don't talk for at least a whole month, but the other girls are already back in his life. They're already, he's already fucking them. They're his girlfriends again. The whole nine. I have no idea. He gets on his knees and shows up at my house and begs for me back. I take him back like a fucking dumbass. They always want the one that puts up boundaries. And lo- I have no idea that he's actually with all three of us again. No. Yeah. And that's been going. And he's still with one of them. I don't understand how girls are just okay with that. Like, and she told me, she's like, I'm not going anywhere. That is so weird to me. So, so you have the baby. Mm-hmm. You have Lux. Mm-hmm. Is he a present father? Not really. And because it has, there's like domestic violence involved in the beginning, he only got four hour supervised visits every other week. Where did the domestic violence come in? Um, there was several incidents. Mm -hmm. Um, I compared him to his father one time while I was pregnant and he choked me up against the side of my house. Um, he choked me while holding our, his, our son. Um, and several other things. He broke a window. He broke a door, like trying to get to me. Mm. There's been so many things. Um, and so I really didn't, and maybe you're familiar with this. I don't know if you've been in a domestic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I didn't really want to press charges or call Mm -hmm. on him. You know, like I wanted him to change and pick me and be with me and be good and us be great. I didn't want to do those things. And so there was even a point where I, you know, the DA called me and was like, what do you want to see from this? And mm-hmm. I, I, I said, I don't think jail is going to help him. I said, I, he needs to go to a rehab center or some sort of therapy to help him. And that's what I was hoping he would get the help that he needed. 
versus going to jail. Right. And I think that was one of my mistakes. But he's also gone to jail and then called me from right. jail. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like it's like it's not really it's doing so anything. toxic. And I'm not saying that I was perfect because I've definitely probably no, pushed his buttons where I shouldn't have. Oh, I get it. Trust me. I yeah. used to, I was in a very, very abusive relationship where I literally almost lost my life. Same. Um, and you it's weird because you get it's a trauma bond yeah you get addicted to, to the, the ab- chaos yeah to the abuse and just like the making up and the you know like it's just a fucking cycle that just doesn't stop and I didn't want to call the cops on him either I remember the cops came in our house one time and um he had another girlfriend too which we'll talk about that on your <laughs> podcast if you want to but um the cops came in the house. My eye is literally swollen shut. I mean, it's like sitting out this far. And he's like, do you want to press charges? And I'm like, no. I also, d- I said no in the, the state press charges anyway. Yeah. And that the- was for a separate incident. That was the most recent one that I finally pulled the plug, I guess. So um, you guys have two kids together. Mm-hmm. So when did you get pregnant with the second one? During a really abusive period. Mm. Um, and so I've never really discussed the circumstances mm. of that pregnancy. Right. Um, but it wasn't a good, it was not a good time. Right. Um, it and just probably got worse because it never yeah. gets better. No, it doesn't. And, you know, there was a time where I truly, like, I texted someone who I later dated and I was like, he's going to kill me. Mm. Um, and then I threw my phone under my bed because I thought if he gets my phone, I won't have any way to call for help. Mm. Um, but you know, my ex that we could talk about later if you want, um, he didn't get it because it was at two in the morning. You know, Chris had showed up to my house. We had this crazy situation happen. I literally thought I was going to die. And I think the only reason why, I fought for my life. He literally, he put my face into the couch and was just smothering me into the While couch. While you're pregnant? No, I had, I already had, had my first son. Okay. Um, but this, this was, was around between. the time that I got pregnant with my second son. Okay. And um, I don't know, I had never fought him before when he put his hands on me or, you know, abused me. I, can we talk about that though? When you get into an abusive relationship, you literally, there's a fire that comes up out of you and you're like, motherfucker, touch me one more time and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. So that that night, I don't know what took over me, but that night I fought for my fucking life. Yeah. And I don't know. My son was upstairs sleeping. Mm. And I just I remember just like turning my head a a certain way and being able to like gasp for air. And I still I still did not want to call the fucking police. Mm. I did. I was so just like, I want you to choose me I want you to get better you know it was sick no it's a very 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 sick cycle that happens with um you know relationships like that and I don't think that people talk about it enough because it's one of the most fucked up mind fucks you will ever go through I've been away from my abusive abusive ex for seven years now and I'm still fighting just healing and going through like emotions of having what happened to me you know it's it's not easy how long have you been out of it two oh yeah two years and what's crazy is a couple of weeks ago he called me while we were in texas and um i had put him on speakerphone and he's like and you need to get over it like you can't keep talking about this what did he say Kristen? yeah yeah my ex literally messaged me when was it last year and told me I don't want to be used as content because like I'll like but this is our story. Yeah, this is what happened what to us. I said we're not talking about you. We're talking about the situation. I've never even said his name publicly, so nobody even knows, knows who, who he you is. are. Yeah, then I've told him that, and he finally got to the point where he's like, "Well, just say my name." No, motherfucker, I'm never going to give you that clout. No, you know, absolutely not. It's just a very toxic thing, and it's so fucked up because. It's like you really want to love this person and you have kids with him. So I could only imagine Mm -hmm. how hard that is because it's like you want to have a family. You want that love, you know, unit. And it's just never going to happen because that's who they are as, you know, to their core. That's the type of humans that they are. I think that after that night was when I started my actual hardcore therapy journey. Um, I got into with an emergency therapist and she kind of just like rocked my world. And, you know, I was with her for three and a half years, almost four years. Um, And if it wasn't for that, I would not be where I am. But I I thank God I called 11 therapists to get in for an emergency appointment. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Like, I don't even know how I'm here. She was the only one that called me back. No, I have been, I literally have been in your same position where I have felt so suicidal. Yeah. I have like, I've been like, I need to talk to somebody. I yep. need to figure this out. The mental health world is 
not helpful. No, it's not. Like they charge an arm and a leg. They don't. I was take... paying a mortgage worth of therapy every single month. Yeah. I mean, Kristen can tell you she sees my no, bank account every no, month. No, I get it. I'm like, you know, there was periods of time where I had to go double, you know, two times a week. Yeah. There was times where I went over an hour. There were, you know, you know what I mean? No, like yeah. just trying to get through this and for him to still say like, you got to get over it. You got to get over it. Move Th- on. That's something within him. And it, yeah. And because it, he feels guilty for what he did to you and, and heaven forbid he wants to feel guilty. You know, like it's going to trigger him to be like, well, you need to get over it because I don't want to hear about it anymore because I don't want to feel it. Believe it or not, narcissists do have a guilty conscience when it comes to things that they do because they hate looking like the bad guy. They don't want to be made to look like the bad person. So when you are out speaking your truth, it's making them look bad. And even if somebody, well, in your case, they do know who he is. So he really hates it because he's like, oh my God, I'm looking bad to all these people. You know, how dare her shame me in front of all these people. Right. You know, so it's a guilt of them not wanting to feel bad about themselves because their ego, it's all ego driven. Yeah. Um, so that night you go on your spiritual journey. When do you find out you're pregnant with your second kid? Oh God. Um, Were, Cause you weren't pregnant at the time. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't find out until the next month. Okay. Gotcha. So the next month it was on my son, my second son's birthday that I find out that I'm mm. pregnant now with my fourth. Right. And I was so distraught and upset. I had never been in a situation where, um, you know, I already had a child with someone with the same person and um, I wasn't in a place to have another child. I was going through so much, you know, with within myself. Yeah. So I made an appointment to get an abortion mm. and, you know, love me or hate me for that. But yeah. that was something that I had to do for myself. And Kristen went with me. She drove me. And um, when I got there, I said, I, I need to look at the screen. I need to see if I'm con- going to connect with this baby Um, because I was at the borderline of like where you can no longer get one because I needed all this time to think. And then at that point I was already feeling guilty because I had waited so long because I couldn't make the decision. And I felt like it isn't fair for me to bring this baby into Mm -hmm. this situation. Um, but also terrible situation. Yes. And it it just felt like it was wrong. And so I'm, you know, not really entirely sure what I should be doing. What's the right thing to do. And, um, I looked at the screen and I was like, I'm not going to go through with this abortion and I'm going to do the best I can and no. raise this baby. And, you know, it, whatever happens, it's, it's going to be OK. And this is Cruz. This is Creed. Creed. Creed sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Creed, Dude, Cruz fa- your too. fans are going to come for me. No, They're it's gonna OK. Like, Cruz is cute, too. <laughs> <laughs> Creed. I swear I have all this in my notes. Yeah, I'm just no, trying not fine. to look at my notes while I talk to you. Um. Okay, so you have you you know have this epiphany while mm-hmm. you're in the abortion clinic, yeah. which is pretty profound. I yeah. love that because I actually had an abortion when I was 16, and I told we'll talk about this on your podcast, but it, it's kind of like the same situation, and mine was a little too late though. So oh wow, yeah. So we'll but we'll we'll definitely talk about that. Um, you're pregnant with your second baby with this dude. Yeah, what does he say? I really thought at some point that he was turning over a new leaf. He like wrote me a Christmas card and was like, "So it's the dog." Across oh, the I was like, <laughs> "Is that a baby crying? What is happening?" No, um, it's the dog across the so street. He always does this. That's so funny. Literally, um, I'm like, okay, he's he's gonna turn over a new leaf. He's gonna, you know, at some point, this is going to make him realize what he wants, what he's done, how we're gonna get through this. Isn't it crazy how you've given the most chances to the most toxic man yes, that you've been with? Yes, and I with? always say that. And I loved him the most. Yeah. I loved him so fucking hard. Um, but it was it really love or was it re- a trauma bond? It was absolutely a trauma bond. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we crave that that um you guys probably had really passionate sex absolutely the best sex yeah the best sex. i swear the most domestic violence relationships have the best sex i've always said that and it's Mm -hmm. like you get addicted to just that person well and i thought the sex was so good so when i'm talking to my therapist about it she's like kale but is it she's like or does he um deprive you of everything else in a relationship and Mm -hmm. so you think that's the best because that's the only time you're connected Mm -hmm. and then when i think about it i was like wow like we could be fighting, but I would have sex with him so that we could connect and really be get over it. Yeah. And, and, and and she was right. Like it probably wasn't that great. Mm. 
Um, I, need, I need your therapist. Can I have her number? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I. So you thought he, he turned over. Yeah, he writes me this Christmas card and he's, you know, he's like, I know this wasn't great, but we're going to we're going to be fine. We're going to do OK. Yeah. Um, we still didn't really try to have a relationship from that point forward, but it was more so like I felt like he was nicer to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we well, were probably knew that he had to be. Yeah. And so uh, there was still times where it was not great. And um, I didn't think that I was going to have him at the birth because I thought it was going to be just traumatic. And like something that I knew that I could never have is like this family. Are you still filming during this time? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm trying to hide it, but also I'm so angry and upset that I'm also telling parts of it and I'm not telling the whole story and I don't know how to navigate it because Mm -hmm. I do owe the show you know, uh, I do owe them my life. I owe them, you know, my privacy, really. But I'm also trying to protect him to some degree, but also tell my story. It was very difficult. Mm. Um, And so I really started to run into problems with filming at that time um, because he was pissed. Don't talk about me. I don't want to be on the show, you know, the whole nine. So I tell him I really don't want him at the birth. And but ultimately, I was like, you know what? I can't not have my son's father there. Like he deserves to be there for his son. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe if he watches me give birth again, he'll want to just make this work. (laughs) Because nothing turns a guy on like a placenta. Right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm thinking like him being there will just change his mind. And absolutely, it could not be more far from the truth. Mm. Um, What happens? He he comes to the birth. He was fine. Um, but then, you know, he just decides that he's just going to kind of come and go and show up and leave as he pleases. Like, I think I gave birth and he left like two hours later. Was um, he, st- is he still, he's still dating the other two girls? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, just the one. The one. Okay. Yeah. So they have a child together now. Oh, nice. Um, and he <laughs> ends up getting her pregnant shortly thereafter. I had, you know, our second son. And so that was like a whole other thing. And, um, mm, that's gotta be crushing you. It w- that was hard for me. That was really hard for me to learn that, you know, he was having a baby with her. I I had a mental breakdown that day. And then I was like, you know what? Here's the thing. I don't date men with kids. And if it wasn't for that, I don't think that I would be done with him today. Wait, hold on. You don't date men with kids. I don't. But you want men that don't have kids to date you. But I understand if they won't. Right. I gotcha. like I, if it's a personal preference. <laughs> I love that. Um, but I, I come with so much baggage. And so right. Many You're like, daddies. I don't need yours. <laughs> I don't need yours as well. So, um, yeah, I, I like them without kids. And so <laughs> I don't for know. Few, for is. any of the men who want to slide up in <laughs> Kale's DM, if you guys have any little tater tots, any crotch do goblins, not. do yeah. not. <laughs> so, yeah, I find out shortly thereafter that he is having a child with her and I promise you, I had my mental breakdown. I called my therapist on an emergency basis. Mm. She talked me through it. I like basically blacked out. I don't even remember what the conversation Mm. was. From that point forward, I accepted that he was having this child and I never looked back. I never look trauma. Back. I'm the same way. If I get hurt, it's like I will stonewall and literally just keep going. Yeah. Like I'm not looking back. Right. And yeah. so from there, I mean, I've never hooked up with him. We don't hang out. We don't talk. We're not friendly. Um, there's like one or two friendly times that we've tried to be cordial. Um, but it ultimately just goes to shit every time. So like we're never on good terms. I'm proud of you. It's hard. I'm really proud it's of hard. you. Thank You've you. You've been through a lot of shit been um i've lived a hundred lives in 30 years i think yeah but you I have think, too i think you need don't deflect accept <laughs> <laughs> the compliment Thank you. <laughs> you really are deserving of and i'm proud of you because you. coming from somebody who didn't have anybody to show them how to live you have four beautiful babies yeah oh my gosh and they're yeah. everything oh my god they're everything yeah i heard so i heard you had him on a podcast and yeah was it isaac that yeah. said something crazy and you like everybody came for you because um Probably. They, I think they said, I think the article I read said that Isaac and you were on the, they, all the kids were on the podcast and I, you said something about like, do, do the people I date bother you? And he said, well, no, not at all. And he, then you said something and then he said, well, I just know you for having babies yeah. with everybody yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and that I didn't think me. that was wrong. No, he's think, not, he's not wrong. But he's, for everybody to make such a big deal about it was crazy. You know, they love to make something out of nothing. Yeah. But sure. it's funny. My kids, they just fry me up on a regular basis and I love it <laughs> because I'm like, I can take it. And yeah. these are the, these are truths. Like, yeah. 
I have three baby dads and that's the truth. No, so I love that. Um, but no, they're so funny. My And especially uh, my third son, he humbles me every day of my life. When's his birthday? Um, he's a Leo. He's August 5th. Oh, yeah, I love that. He, I um, bet you he loves the shit out of you, though. He's my ride or die. Yeah. Through and through. Like, I can, I know if I was to go to jail and he's an adult, I know he would call, he would answer on the first ring. You Aww, know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's my ride or die. Yeah, that's, that's, love he's it. a mama's boy. Yes. I feel like Isaac kind of grew up with you. Yeah. How's yeah. you guys? his relationship we struggled for a little while mm-hmm. we were bumping heads and um he's a lot like me he's a lot of the things as a child in myself that you know i see qualities of him that i hated in myself as a kid mm. but i would say over the last like year and a half we have become best fucking friends Aww. and you know i'm a parent first i will yeah. always be a parent first and i tell him that but i also want him to trust me i want him to be able to tell me all the things and so he will sit there and he'll spill the tea about all the seventh graders at school and <laughs> you know what's going on and um you know i just love the shit out of him and I'm, i am proud of him but he he's he challenges you know every day things that you know kids are expected to do he will challenge them a little bit and I, I'm actually really proud of him for it because mm-hmm. I feel like kids don't do that enough Mm-mm. in a in a respectful way right and so he'll challenge you know like wh- you know why do I have to do this or you know things like that and I just I think that he's gonna do big things yeah yeah I love that what yeah. about Lincoln because he kind of grew up with you too <laughs> yeah right? he did yeah Lincoln's a little different Lincoln is um he's just like a little athlete he's a man's man he's Aww. always into sports um that's his that's a daddy's boy yeah yeah his that's hobby's boy oh yeah which is okay I that's that was a little hard on me there was a little bit of a period where I was like this really fucking sucks yeah because I feel there, there's something different about a mom and her sons right. versus like a mom and her daughter yeah. so and normally it's, it's they're not daddy's boys right and yeah. so they're like more of like mommy's boys but he and so I struggled with that a little bit but um I think he'll become a mama's boy the older he gets okay well yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful for that when he starts getting like girlfriends and stuff like that and oh yeah first he'll ask me because he has a little girlfriend and he'll be like can you take us here he won't dare ask his dad oh so I'm like <laughs> I'm you're favorite like now yeah you're like am i the cool parent <laughs> am i the cool one <laughs> if i do this well i love that so yeah. moving on i read an article that you had that you were ready to break ties with you know teen mom mm-hmm. and you did not want that stigma around yeah. you anymore what led to that it was a really hard decision for me um but i had been really struggling with the fact that I went through such a public divorce and then like the stuff with Chris was so messy. Mm -hmm. Uh, My kids are getting older. You know, Isaac really didn't want to film anymore. Um, So I was just kind of feeling like maybe this is time for me to move on. Um, And it would have been cool if they kind of showed the whole picture, but they were so focused on showing the traumas with myself and my kids' dads. And that's not my whole story. Right. You know, there, there's a lot that goes into being a mom, being a single mom. Um, they didn't really want to cover any of the good stuff. And Mm. I think you do have to cover the good with the bad. And I understand that drama sells on TV and you want to exploit like the craziest stuff because that's, what's going to make money. Right. But if people don't know the whole story, who gives a fuck about that yeah Yeah. and so um i just got to a point where it just was too much um you know the cast and i none of us were getting along Uh, my kids didn't want to film and so i just wanted the privacy and to kind of just move on Mm -hmm. um they've asked me a couple times to come back but i just don't i'm so far removed from that now that i don't i can't see myself going back to to that show specifically right maybe like a spinoff of your own I mean, oh you got, absolutely you got enough kids to fucking keep <laughs> everybody in- <laughs> to keep everybody interested <laughs> did you want to talk about the lawsuit with brie or no i don't care we could talk about it is that was that one of the pivotal things that also made you leave the show you know what i there was so much with the lawsuit um for one i really just wanted to prove a point that you're not going to continue to fuck with me and get away with this you know what right. i mean The other thing, too, was that I felt like I exploited my entire life for 13 years and MTV held no con. Like they've threatened to find me for thinking that I sold this in touch article back when I was with Jordan um, in 2012. They threatened to find me, but they're not going to threaten to find her for you know, threatening to spit on me to, you know, her sister assaulted me. Nobody gets fined. So I just felt like it was very unfair and not like a balanced situation. It kind of turned into bad girls club. Right. And so I was just like, this is, 
not me anymore. I've learned because I had Honey Boo Boo on, uh, Alana and um, Pumpkin. Yeah. And there was so much abuse that the TV people have, you know, covered up. And it's like, I almost feel like in this day and age, what was happening with you is kind of like illegal. Like there's a lot of domestic violence going on behind the scenes. They didn't do anything to help it. And I'm sure they knew or had an inkling of something was going on. You know, Mm -hmm. they're exploiting teenagers, right? Like that's really rocky waters, you Mm -hmm. know, so they don't really have your best interest at heart. So that doesn't surprise me that they wouldn't find her, but try to find you. It it just, it felt like it was backwards. Right. And I I paid my dues in the industry. I don't feel like she has, you know what I mean? That's a long time. And we're talking divorce, cheating scandals, STDs, the whole nine. And you can't even say like, this is unacceptable. And you know do something about it yeah there was no regard for or human decency it felt like yeah um and so that was one of the turning yeah i would say so yeah that was one of the turning points. definitely and then you ended up the judge ended up throwing it out right or something like that yeah I, what was it like a throw out not enough evidence or Essentially, yeah. nobody won. I had to pay her lawyer fees. You just feel helpless because yeah. it's like nobody has your back. And then she sent me like a, tr- a treadmill um, and then a, tr- a clown suit. Have some so, couth. Um, so moving on, you had mentioned earlier that you had PCOS. Yeah. When did that um, come into play? When did you find out that you had that? Two, I think two years ago. I don't mm-hmm. know why I was, why did I get tested for that? Okay, so I mm-hmm. TMI, but I like bleed through everything. So mm-hmm. like, I shit you not, I could put a tampon in and bleed through mm-hmm. my entire outfit in twenty minutes. Poor baby. So it's just like crazy. I'm all over my mattress. Long story short, that and like the weight, the weight gain. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working out religiously and not losing anything. I was eating right, like doing what I needed to do, and yeah. nothing would come off. So two years ago, I go get like the blood test and everything else like that. And it comes back that I have PCOS, which is really weird because I have no problem getting pregnant. There was a small window where I had secondary infertility. Um, and then you infertile, <laughs> right? You're like, wait a minute. I mean, that's um, a good thing now, isn't it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, there was like a small window where I had what we thought was secondary infertility. And then, um, so I had back to back miscarriages and then Aww. randomly got pregnant with Lux Creed and you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was just, it, so even now it feels weird to say that I have PCOS because I'm not like the typical like poster child for right. PCOS. Yeah. But yeah. I think every case is different. Mimi has PCOS. Pregnancy can cause PCOS. So you could have not had it. I don't think I always had it. Yeah. And so one of your pregnancies could have caused it. Really? So you wouldn't have the infertility of it that like you could kind of struggle. Like you said, you had a little bit of struggle with mm-hmm. it, but your pregnancy could have brought on all that because uh, saying that you have PCOS isn't just like a black and white thing. It's so broad. You know? Yeah, because. So, yeah, your pregnancy could have Wow, I didn't know. See, I don't I didn't know that. Yeah, no, Mimi knows a lot about it. That's why I was curious about it to see what your journey was. Yeah. Because I've seen her journey. So I have like the crazy weight gain. I cannot lose weight for the life mm-hmm. of me. Um, high testosterone. I have, um, I had the crazy acne, mm-hmm. like cystic acne. I took Accutane for five months. Um, I'm trying to think what else I have. The, Your skin looks fucking flawless. This is from Accutane. Girl. This is from Accutane. <laughs> I've been looking at that skin this whole time you've been sitting there. I'm like, good yeah, lord. I don't even, I, I, Accutane really put me through hell, but it was worth it. Cause mm, I mentally? Don't have, oh yeah. Do you think that might've been what triggered your depression in 2020? Maybe. Well, cause when did I go on Accutane? Before or after Lux? Cause I've heard nothing but nightmare shit from, Ac- about Accutane. I didn't really, before. Yeah. I didn't really struggle mm. Um, long term once I stopped the five month treatment yeah. everything went back to normal oh, good. but it was just during that time mm. um, I think you know my mental health just kind of the ebbs and flows yeah. I don't really like I mean, some, your body's been through a lot yeah yeah for sure and yeah. coming out of a domestic violence relationship too like that will literal hell yeah totally New York Times bestseller. Period. Take me on this journey, boo. Um, okay, so I Very actually, proud of you. Um, I didn't think that I would ever actually get to publish this book, right? So right. I'm, I'm writing it on my laptop, my $600 Toshiba laptop that I got from fucking Best Buy when I was like <laughs> 20, right? And I'm typing on it and I'm like, it's basically like a diary, like all this shit that I've gone through, you know, my family story. And I don't know how the fuck to publish a book, right? So I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? And 
I reached out to like five or six publishing houses and they which were like, by the way, let me cut you off. They're like a cult. Because I'm in houses? The, yeah, I'm like in the process of trying to write a book yeah, too yeah. about my life story. They if they don't, they will not just accept anyone. No, they five publishing houses turned me down before mm-hmm. five or six of them turned me down before. The only reason why I actually ended up getting a book deal was because at the time MTV had a book um department. Right. So MTV Books put me in touch with um a publisher who finally was like all right we'll we'll take a risk here yeah and so i was the first or second i think farah had her book out first oh Um, farah has she been on the podcast yet (laughs) no but i can't wait (laughs) is she scheduled she needs to come on no i want her so bad just because she's a fucking lunatic dude i love it though i'm all for it um so i get i get the book deal and um you know, we did the whole book tour thing and it was really cool because that there's so much in there that I didn't get to show on the show. And right. so people really finally started to understand why I was so fucked up at the time. And you what's know, the name of the book? So Pride people- Over Pity. OK. Yeah. So it, I talk about my mom's addictions. I talk about, you know, walking down the street to my uncle's house and asking for food. You know what I mean? So mm. there's like a lot of stuff in there that I actually I don't even know if that's in there. Um, but there's just so much in there that the show didn't get to. Right. So, um, which I feel like the show would be way more successful if they did show all that shit, absolutely. dude. Cause people absolutely. would actually have fucking empathy. Oh, a hundred percent. Because I think, and that goes for everybody on the sh- on the show, not just yeah. me. You know, how did Chelsea become Chelsea? She became the face of the franchise. How did she, you know, her, her dad's a doctor or a dentist. Like, what was that like for her? You know, what yeah. did she grow up wealthy? Did she, you know what I mean? Yeah. Did she have a great start? Did she have a support system? Yeah. Um, you know, like, I don't know any of you guys' backstories. I right. just know the children that you had. Right. And, you know, the, the arguments. So it would, it would have been really cool for them to, you know, at least do a couple episodes, yeah. you know, but they just never, they never really touched on it. But you got it all out in the book. I did. And then you wrote another one. I wrote three more. Three more. Yeah. I only saw two. Yeah. Do tell. So I wrote I, one Bitch, of them. But you are busy. Book. Good Lord. <laughs> well, I, because I'm so afraid of being poor again. <laughs> Girl, like I'm preach. so afraid. <laughs> Hello. I fucking, I literally will hold on to money like a hoarder. Literally. Well, and there was a time where I was having like shopping problem because I was like, <laughs> I have the money, but now I'm back to like me trying to like just remember yeah. my roots yeah. but I'm so afraid of being broke like I grew up yeah. you know like I I don't even I, I didn't have food you know what I mean mm-hmm. so my mom didn't keep food in the house um so I never want to go back to that and I don't want my kids to go back to that so yeah. I write um three more books one's a children's book and um I'm hoping to do another one so hopefully within the next year we'll you know start working on that but yeah it's a lot harder than you think especially now mm-hmm. um because everything is just like listen to a podcast you know read go on audible or you know listen Mm -hmm. to a book or whatever it is and i call it the microwave era yeah people don't want to they don't want to wait so they just want instant yep instant gratification always yeah well girl i'm proud of you fucking three books i only had two in here plastic surgery that's the last thing we'll talk about because i know listen i get it all the time everybody's like what did you have done and like you know just even if you have fillers and shit in your face, people call you plastic. Oh, yeah. I love that you're so open with your plastic surgery because yeah. so am I. Yeah. No, I love plastic surgery. Me <laughs> fucking too. I'm like the the only regret that I have is not waiting until I was done having kids. Yeah. Because I had the mommy makeover after mm-hmm. my second son. Um, but I really should have waited because mm-hmm. I could definitely go for another. <laughs> well, if who's... anyone wants to. No, I'm just <laughs> if anyone wants to fund it and you don't have any kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you don't have any kids. Um, no, I love that you're very open with your journey because so am I. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I can't wait to get a facelift. I'm so ready. No, I was literally, I'm like, does Chris, what does Chris Jenner have? Because yeah. I want whatever she, hers is nice and precise. Baby's blood is what she drinks. She has to. because <laughs> Adrenochrome. And I was watching Game Show Network and I'm like, Leah, Remy got something done somewhere yeah. and I'm like what her JLo everybody looks so good they everybody do. Can, Kim Kim Kardashian looks Kim amazing flawless. they all look fucking great everybody gets nip tuck in the world I mean like if you can afford it they're getting it done oh yeah know? or comped yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Comped. yeah for promo so, or yeah. whatever yeah no I love that you're you had that journey so you had a tummy tuck and what else have you had BBL done? lipo 360 yeah um I've had lip fillers I get disport religiously um yes I can't live without Botox. No, I love it. I actually just missed my appointment. Oh, yeah, I know. I, hate it. I have a really good girl at her. If you ever want to use her, she's amazing. Thank you. Okay, just yeah. at the aesthetic parlor. <laughs> <laughs> she's amazing. Um, 
I had a BBL done. It wasn't a full BBL done, but I had high def vaser lipo on my stomach. And then they put a little bit at the top of my ass because I was starting to get my mom's ass. Okay. I don't love the BBL trend. I don't love it. It's, I, I want it removed kind of immediately. Same. I'm the um, same way. If I could. Yeah. Go gravity ahead. is kind of pulling it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think what they don't tell you whenever you're getting a BBL and I want to make a TikTok about this is one. It makes it harder for you to lose weight. People don't realize that. Did you know that? Absolutely not. Girl, I battle. I work out four to five times a week. And my girl, Viking Barbie, who's beautiful, you can look her up. Her and I have the same uh, nutritional coach. It took me probably five times more working out and longer to lose the fat on my hips and around my ass than it did her because she's never had work done to her body. And when you have lipo... Fat doesn't go to that area anymore, but it spreads out and goes to other areas. Where there's fat cells. Yes. So it's it doubles. It's harder to lose. Uh-huh. Like, it's just not. So Dr. Not Miami it. did mine. Wow. And he said, I asked him about it. And mm-hmm. he was like, the, when you gain weight, you're going to gain weight wherever your fat cells are. Right. Which he moved them to my butt. My butt has grown mm-hmm. exponentially. Yeah. Um, and too. I also had, when I did the BBL and I did the lipo 360, I wanted everything to match. Cause I felt like I can't have a huge butt and then like my arms and my waist or my arm, my, my waist to be small, my arms to be big. So I had it in my arms, mm. my butt and my arms have grown mm-hmm. and insane, but wow. like now what now? I don't know what I can do about it. Yeah. No, and the gravity pulls down your butt a little bit and it just looks crazy and I can't find jeans that fit me. Mm-mm. It's insane. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have to get lipo, but then would it be like lumpy? Yeah. No, there's like what that they don't warn you about plastic surgery. Once you start getting it, the upkeep is insane. The fact that I've been able to keep my results for the past seven, wait, 2015, I got it done. Yeah. So about seven years, seven or eight years, eight eight years is insane and I've had to really work my ass off to keep my results totally and but my ass and my hips have widened so much from just having work done like it's I don't know it's just crazy you're just literally always chasing it that's so weird okay so that's good to know I um (laughs) I don't even know what I'm gonna do (laughs) (laughs) we'll figure it out I mean I'm sure they'll come out with a new fucking thing but yeah just before you get plastic surgery do all your research everybody's body is different but you know just from my experience it has been so hard for me to lose body fat it's been crazy I maintained it for a long time um, but I got pregnant the same year Mm. that I got my my mommy makeover yeah so that was my biggest mistake I should have you know, had all the kids I wanted to have and then got it. Yeah. Because then you can maintain it for as long, at least you, the results would have held longer, I think, for me. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, you know, in the next year or so, I'll be able to get a new mommy makeover. Yeah, well, maybe they'll come out with a new procedure and we can all just fucking get it. <laughs> right. Um. Are you going to have any more babies? Are you open to having more babies? I am in a relationship now and, you know, I, yes. I, yes. Are we allowed to know who you're in a relationship His with? His name's Elijah. Aww. Yeah. And he is... We're going to talk about it on my podcast, but he's younger than me. Uh-huh. So we have that in common, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, yep. Yep. So, um, you know, he he deserves kids of his own. I love that. Yeah. I love that. You're just you're just going to make your own little fucking football team. I have to. You got to have a girl, though. <laughs> you need a girl. We'll see. It's time because it I mean, you time. got fucking four boys. You need, you need two twin girls. I'm yes. speaking it into your yes. life. Please do that. <laughs> Well, Kale, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're a real doll. I love you. Dude, please come back. I love you (laughs) more. I will. I absolutely will. All right. Shout out where everybody can find you if they haven't been able to find you already. If you haven't found me, you don't know who I am, at Kale Lowry on all platforms. Yay. That's pretty simple. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Dumb Blonde. I will see you guys next week. Bye.